0: The fight over the Senate's fake border security bill is heating up, with Democrat Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer now arguing that U.S. troops will be fighting in Ukraine if Republicans don't open up the southern border and fund a bunch of random wars.
1: We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial, and history will look back on it and say, Did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine, Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. We will lose the war and we could be fighting in Eastern Europe in a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. If we don't help Israel defend itself against Hamas, that perpetual war will go on and on and on. If we don't help humanitarian aid to the starving Palestinians in Gaza, hundreds of thousands could starve. And the border, everyone has said it's chaos. A speaker, you just saw Speaker Johnson. He said, it's Mm -hmm. chaos. We have to do something legislative a few months ago. But what has happened in answer to your question? So this is crucial for America. It's a turning point. History is going to look over our shoulders and say, did we rise to the occasion?
0: Let me distill all that gobbledygook down into one sentence. What Schumer is saying is open up your border, flood your country with future Democrat voters and give us money for foreign wars that don't involve vital American interests, or we will send your sons to die in Ukraine. That's what he's saying. It's not so much a political prediction as it is a threat. They tried. The Libs tried simply lying to us. They tried pretending that this bill was a border security measure. And we found out it wasn't. Most of the funding has nothing to do with the border, and the few little bits of it that do relate to the border actually open rather than close the border. We don't need any legislative solution here. The president and the secretary of Homeland Security could simply enforce the law, and they refuse because they want to keep the border open. That's why they're, they're trying to pass a bill that will open the border even more. So they tried the carrot. That didn't work. Now they're trying the stick, open up the border or we'll send your sons to die. Just the latest proof of something that we've been saying for a long time. You know, I hate to say that I told you so. For the Democrats, open borders and mass migration are priority number one. They see this as the key to permanent political hegemony. And they will not allow something as trivial as pesky voters from keeping it from them. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Tucker apparently interviewed Putin. It's kind of crazy. A lot of people are preemptively attacking Tucker for it. We will get to it later on in the show. First though, we got to turn our attention away from the Kremlin. We got to turn our attention away from Ukraine and from the southern border. We got to turn it to ice spice cuz I had this question. You got you got our political leaders just forcing stuff that nobody really wants down our throats, weakening our country, throwing open our borders. And, and Americans, a lot of them are going along with it. How did we become so weak? How did we become so servile? And I think Ice Spice actually demonstrates part of the way that happened. She has a new song out. It's called You, you Ain't the S-H-I-T, parentheses, F-A-R-T miss spice take it away
2: I you're the sh- what you're not even the fuck, i, I am nah. breaking hearts, like bitch, be quick but I'm quicker
0: keep going that's all we okay that's all we need actually uh, this reminds me of a line from Plato as the musings of ice spice often do. From, uh, I think, I forget exactly which book of Plato's Republic, he writes, musical training is a more potent instrument than any other, because rhythm and harmony find their way into the inward places of the soul on which they mightily fasten, imparting grace and making the soul of him who is rightly educated graceful, or of him who is ill-educated ungraceful. Which do you think this does? Alan Bloom, great uh, humanist and uh, a great uh, conservative writer of the 20th century, He, he, in his book, Closing of the American Mind had a chapter on how rock music is really bad for you because it, it arouses the bass passions. And rock music is like Brahms compared to Ice Spice. This is music for animals. <laughs> this, the, the music itself is for animals. Just, dunca, 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 just jiggling around, smacking yourself as Ice Spice is doing. But the lyrics also are for animals. <laughs> the you think you're the S-H-I-T, B-I-T-C-H, but you're not even the F-A-R-T, you you think you're rich, but I'm richer. You think you're quick, but I'm quicker. And it goes on, and it's so disgusting and crass and vulgar. I can't get it out of my head. It's so over the top in its vulgarity that I find it funny, and I actually have texted it to a few people. because I can't get over it. But it's, it's very depressing because this is popular music. This isn't just some little track that came out from some unheard-of musician, on the internet somewhere as a joke. This was debuted at some big Spotify event. This is a woman who's done collaborations with Taylor Swift, other prominent musicians. I'm not as familiar with the Ice Spice Oeuvre, but she's a very popular musician. And this is the kind of slop, cultural slop, that goes out there for, I'm sorry to say, we, the increasingly unwashed masses. This is it. And, and when this is bouncing around your head, well, it's not really bouncing around your head. It's bouncing around your loins. It's bouncing around your, your lower passions. But it, what, what Plato says is true. This surpasses and subverts your reason. So you're not reasoning about this. When you sit and listen to some classical music or Gregorian chant or something, it's much more intellectual. It's much more rational because you're, you're not immediately aroused and bumping and grinding and bouncing and twerking and doing all the stuff that Ice Spice is doing. But this kind of music it make, makes you behave less like a rational soul and more just like an animal. You know, just kind of bouncing around and thinking about b- bodily functions and fluids and movements and— uh. If, if we treat ourselves and educate ourselves to be like animals, if this is the kind of stuff that forms our soul, then we're going to be ruled like animals. and we're going to be ruled like a bunch of pigs and cows and sheep, which is increasingly how our political order works. Now, uh, speaking of our political order, President Biden has just come out and uh, explained a conversation that he had uh, this was at the beginning of his presidency with uh, French President François Mitterrand, who died in
2: 1996. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. It was, in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said... Uh, Said, you know, what, why? How, how long are you back for?
0: <laughs> and then and he said, uh, he said to me, "Hey, Jack," he said, uh, "You want to pass that croissant?" I said, "I don't have enough butter there, pal." <laughs> and uh, we were we were going swimming. We went swimming down there by the playing banjo, and we. Where am I? This is the sort of stuff that. Old people do in the final months of their lives. I'm, I don't. I'm not intending to pick on Biden particularly, or or to be all that provocative. Just anyone who's ever had a grandparent decline and die knows that this is the sort of stuff they do. They confuse not just dates, not just you know this past Tuesday with two Tuesdays ago. They confuse decades. They confuse people. They confuse figures and epochs. It's not as though. Uh, Mitterrand in France was the previous president. You know, it was Mitterrand, and then it was Emmanuel Macron, who's the current president of France. The guy was president of France in the 80s through the early to mid-90s. And then he died a year after. He left in 1995. He died in 1996. And what does Biden know? It's just like your your grandparents. Uh, On their way out, they would talk about, you know, Aunt Sally, who died 20 years prior. As though they were just talking to her yesterday. I'm not saying it's the sixth sense. I'm not saying he's actually talking to dead people. But he certainly is confusing whole epochs, whole eras of politics. And the crazy thing is, that man might get reelected. Does not help me sleep well at night. You know what does help me sleep well at night? Helix. Right now, go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. I've had my Helix for years now, and I love it. It is extremely comfy. In fact, I just... Got a bed, a big boy bed for my little toddler who is moving out of his crib. Guess what kind of mattress I put in it? You guessed it, baby, a Helix. Helix is the gift that keeps on giving. Helix harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Nervous about buying a mattress online? Well, Helix has a sleep quiz, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Go to helixsleep.com to take their two-minute sleep quiz and find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come right to your door for free. Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. It's good enough for me good enough for my little buddy, my eldest son. It is definitely good enough for you. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free dream pillows for my listeners. Visit helixsleep.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. Helixsleep.com slash Knowles. With Helix, better sleep starts. Now, shockingly, that man might get another term as president because the establishment, is willing to do anything to get rid of Donald Trump. The latest setback for Trump comes from an appeals court, which has just ruled that President Trump does not have presidential immunity from prosecution of alleged criminal acts related to 2020 election interference and blah, 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 insurrection nonsense. This was decided by U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. Uh, This pertains to special counsel Jack Smith's Election interference case. So, you know, Biden has sent his goon, Jack Smith, to try to destroy the former president and the leader of the opposition because especially these days, all the polls are showing that Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden, especially in the swing states. So Biden's gotta gotta get rid of him. And Trump has argued, hey man, I was the president. I've got some immunity here. You can't just go after your political opponents like we're a tin pot banana republic dictatorship. And the U.S. Court of Appeals says, yes, we can, actually. And we are going to do that specifically to you, Donald Trump. So uh, the Trump team will certainly appeal this to the Supreme Court. And there are two things I'm certain of when that appeal goes up to the Supreme Court. The two things I'm certain of are that the Supreme Court will want nothing to do with this. The Supreme Court does not want to decide this case. And the second thing that I'm quite confident of is that the Supreme Court will not be able to avoid it. I got to meet Antonin Scalia when he was alive, obviously. I'm not like Joe Biden. I don't talk to dead people. And I met him twice when I was a student. And on at least one occasion, maybe both times, Bush v. Gore came up when the Supreme Court in 2000 decided the presidential election. And he said, are, are you people still complaining about this? Are, enough about this. You think that the Supreme Court wanted to decide the 2000 election? We didn't want any part of it, okay? But no one would decide it. So we became a mockery at the United States. We couldn't conduct a presidential election. We're supposed to be the greatest democracy in the world. And so because the legislature wouldn't deal with it and the states couldn't deal with it, the Supreme Court had to deal with it. And we ruled the way we ruled and get over it. But they didn't want to. And I'm sure they don't want to now. But likewise, I'm equally confident they won't be able to avoid it. Because if the Supreme Court declines to hear this case, then the Supreme Court is getting involved. If the Supreme Court wants to hear the case, the court's getting involved. But if they don't hear the case... And they uphold the appellate decision. Then that's the very same. It's the Supreme Court saying, in America today, you can prosecute the leader of the opposition. In America today, we're going to become a tin pot dictatorship. Go for it. it. Would be a stamp of approval to Joe Biden, and to all of the Democrats who have been trying to stymie President Trump even from running since 2015. So they can't avoid it. The, qu- the question is not will they rule on this one way or the other. They're going to they'll rule either by their silence or in a formal opinion. The only question is how are they going to decide? Now, speaking of removing people from office, there is an effort underway to remove DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the figurehead of this open border crisis, and some Republicans want to impeach him. And the very the very principled reasonable, moderate Republicans are saying that this is a bad idea. They're saying that Mayorkas Mayorkas might be terrible, you see, but he has not committed an impeachable offense. And therefore, because I'm a very principled conservative... I'm not going to become like those Democrats, you see. I'm not going to actually wield any political power or threaten the liberal establishment. No, no, no. I'm just going to lose with dignity. Yes, that's right. Follow me on the Bill Crystal podcast next week. And it's just all completely ridiculous. There is a very, very good legal argument for impeaching DHS Secretary Mayorkas. Very good argument. There's an even better historical argument for impeaching Mayorkas. And there is an ironclad political argument. The Heritage Foundation actually has a good piece on this. I encourage you to read the whole thing. Majorcus feigns ignorance. He says quote, "It's very difficult to make sense of it. It's very difficult, so I don't try to make sense of it. I'm doing my work. I'm doing my work and uh, making sure it doesn't distract me from it. doing your work you're emphatically not doing your work. your work is to secure the border. you are." not only failing to do that, you are intentionally not doing that. You're shirking your responsibilities. So what's the legal background here? To impeach someone, they need to have committed treason you know, or high crimes and misdemeanors, other high crimes and misdemeanors. So does this count? Well, it, it would seem to count. You know, there's only been one Uh, cabinet secretary who's ever been impeached in American history. This was Secretary of War William Belknap in 1876. And what was he impeached for? Among the charges included uh, were that he, quote, disregarded his duty as Secretary of War. So you're not supposed to impeach someone for maladministration, just for being kind of incompetent. But historically speaking, now we're going back 150 years, The one time this has happened, the one precedent we have, is that a cabinet secretary was impeached for actively disregarding his duty in his cabinet position. Furthermore, the House Judiciary Committee outlined about 50 years ago uh, when impeachment is proper and impeachment, according to them, is proper when an official exceeds the powers of his office or behaves in a manner grossly incompatible with the proper functions and purpose of his office or employs the power of his office for an improper purpose. So even according to that, the 1970s, surely, the and that was obviously a Democrat house, surely Mayorkas qualifies. He is abusing his power. His, his behavior is grossly incompatible with the proper functions of his office. The function of his office is to secure the border. That's, that's largely his job, and he's not doing it. He's intentionally not doing it. He is abusing his power by releasing these illegals into the interior of the country. He's certainly exceeding the powers of his office. And he's seeking to imply the powers of his office for an improper purpose. Flood the country with foreigners. Checks every box. And then then you get to, that's the legal and the historical basis. But then you get to the political basis. We now use, now we, the Democrats, now use impeachment in this country as just a kind of a referendum on leaders that they don't like. They impeached Donald Trump twice, but the first time they impeached him in 2019, they impeached him for acting, quote, in a manner contrary to his trust as president and subversive of constitutional government to the great prejudice of the cause of law and justice and to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. Now, that is so absurdly broad, especially when we're talking about impeaching a president of the United States. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous then. But if that's the new precedent, can anyone, could Chuck Schumer even argue, could Mayorkas himself argue that he has not done that, is, that he's not acting in a manner contrary to his trust as the Secretary of Homeland Security and subversive to constitutional government? He's intentionally breaking the law and encouraging hundreds of thousands, millions of people to break the law as well. Basic laws, like who gets to come into the country. Impeach Mayorkas. There's no real argument against this. Good legal case, stronger historical case airtight political case. And yet there are two Republican congressmen who don't want to do it. Tom McClintock and Ken Buck. Tom McClintock says, quote, the only way to stop the border invasion is to replace the Biden administration at the ballot box. Swapping one leftist for another is a fantasy, solves nothing, excuses Biden's culpability, and unconstitutionally expands impeachment that someday will bite Republicans. So this is the classic squish argument. Look, I'm, I'm sympathetic to Tom McClintock. I don't want to unfairly malign him, but he's just flat wrong here. This is the, this is, this, the worst refrain of the squishes. And they say, well, <laughs> listen, if we in any way push back against Democrat injustice today, then hypothetically in the future, they might do it to us, even though they're already doing it. And they've been doing it for years. They, if we fight back at all, they, the Democrats, in the future might continue to do the very thing that they are doing to us right now. Can you imagine? Boy, that would—that's sure scary, isn't it? Oh, uh it's scary that it's happening now. It's not a hypothetical, and I wish we would do anything about it. He says it's un- it unconstitutionally expands impeachment. I, I, I agree. I wish impeachment were narrower than it is, but it does—it's not unconstitutional. It's not a historical. It's not illegal. It's not. No, it's just. It satisfies all of those criteria, historical, legal, politically wise. You got to do it. The other one's Ken Buck. He's retiring, and he's also come out against the impeachment efforts. Un- unfortunate. I hope, I hope we can flip M- McClintock back because there are only three Republicans that determine the House majority. It's not like this is some 20-member majority. The, the, it's a three-vote majority. So you lose two of them. Okay, well, now you lose one more, and it's over. And the, the Democrats are, are very good at unifying. The Republicans are very bad at unifying. But if, if, we, if we can't unify to take a vote that is largely symbolic, that is totally justified by history and politics and law, to stop the issue of our time, the defining political issue of our time, that is mass migration, the complete blowing up of our borders and, a, and an invasion from foreign countries. If we can't do that, What's the GOP good for? What are we going to do? We're going to cut taxes a little bit more maybe in the future or something. Okay. What are we going to do? What's the GOP going to do? Build violins that we can fiddle while the country burns? Okay. Fine. If you, Guys, if the Republican Party can't unify on, hey, maybe let's stop the mass invasion that Democrats are using to create a permanent electoral majority, then just wrap it up, man. Wrap it up and let's get a new political party. Okay. A lot of Republicans are going to be tempted to walk. And when you want to walk comfortably, you got to check out Defy. Right now, go to com code MK30, the number 30. Good footwear is about more than fashion. What you wear on your feet matters to your health, comfort, and well-being. Choosing footwear that provides support for your daily routine is very important. Thanks to Defy shoes, it's easier than ever, and they're extremely fashionable. I love these shoes, Defy offers a patented sole construction meticulously designed to bring the pep back to your step. But much as I love how good they make you feel and how, how much better they are just for your day-to-day activities, they look phenomenal. I currently have two pairs of these shoes. I've got these great Oxford shoes with broguing, very nice and traditional. And I've also got running shoes. I never thought that I'd willingly get some running shoes, but these are really sleek and nice. And I just ordered some loafers too. You should get these. They look great. Your feet deserve more than just another pair of shoes. Right now, use code MK30 for 30 bucks off orders of $150 or more at Gdefy.com. G-D-E-F-Y.com. Promo code MK30 for 30 bucks off your purchase of 150 bucks or more. Experience the miracle that is Defy. where comfort meets innovation. Yes or no is not just a show. It's The Daily Wire's number one party game with 200 cards filled with titillating topics and the ability to play up to nine people at once. You can put your knowledge of your friends and family to the test. Go to dailywire.com shop to get yours today. Also, if you, like me, will seize any opportunity to ponder aliens, the moon landing, conspiracy theories, then get the Yes or No Conspiracy Expansion Pack, and you can reenact the episode that I just had with my friend Matt Walsh. So you don't think that that humanity is 10,000 years old, but you think that view is more insightful? To quote C.S. Lewis. No, don't quote it. What? Quote yourself. Okay. To quote Michael Knowles. To quote Michael Knowles. N- the Earth is To quote Michael Knowles. Blank. One time I read C.S. Lewis, and what he what? told me was. No, I'm quoting me. The human species is yeah. blank years old. Mm, roughly 10. So you think, so yes is the answer. No, <laughs> no. With over 110 new cards, you can find out even more about your friends and family and judge their stances on the most hotly contested conspiracies in American life. Get the expansion pack at dailywire.com shop because the original game was not controversial enough. There are still a lot of centrists in the GOP. That's how Tom McClintock and Ken Buck can come out against uh, impeaching Mayorkas. That is how one of the two remaining presidential candidates in the GOP primary can endorse this horrific Senate open border bill. Uh, Which one is endorsing it? Obviously, it's not Donald Trump. That would be Nikki Haley.
2: The one part I like about this bill is I like that it strengthens the asylum chart the asylum requirements. That's very important. We haven't had that and we need that. The part that I don't like about the bill it doesn't require remain in Mexico, which is very important at keeping them from coming on U.S. soil in the first place and I don't like the 5,000 limit. We don't want anybody to come in. We can't say only when 5,000 people have crossed the border. They need to stay there. They need to figure this out. They need to adjust it, amend it in any way that they can and they should not leave D.C. until they get us a border bill. And no, we are not waiting until the general election to do this and it's irresponsible to say that Congress has to wait until a general election because Trump is worried that he's going to lose. There's a lot of reasons we got to worry Trump's going to lose, but you don't sacrifice national security to do it.
0: Okay. I have a disagreement sandwich with Governor Haley here, which is, I agree with the part she said in the middle, which is, yeah, 5,000 is way too many. We don't want anyone. We want to stop it. We don't want any illegal aliens coming across the border. I disagree with the first part. She says this strengthens the Asylum requirements. I don't, I don't think it does. I mean, I, I'm not calling Nikki Haley a liar. I just think the bill is very dishonest, and it says lots of things that are very deceptive. And but one of the things that it does is it empowers the Secretary of Homeland Security to unleash a ton more people into the country based on rather dubious asylum claims. And so I just I just don't buy that part at all. And then I really disagree with that that third part, which is when uh, Nikki says. That we need a legislative solution. We, we have a legislative solution already. We've had it on the books for a long time. It's current immigration law. The reason there is a crisis is because the Biden administration refuses to enforce the law that is already on the books. This is why this, this Senate deal, this big compromise, was a joke from the start. The Democrats are obviously not negotiating in in good faith. They're currently violating the law. And so what do we think? We're going to pass a new law, and then magically that's the one they're going to enforce? They're not going to enforce any of them. They want open borders. And so they're they're going to enforce the provisions of this so-called border security bill that further open the border. I'm sure they're going to gleefully implement those. But they're not going to implement any more border security measures. Democrats have been playing this game on us since the 1980s, really since the 1960s. But, but certainly since the Reagan administration, they've said, okay, give us some more illegal aliens that we can turn into voters, and we'll give you more border security. And every single time they promise it, we give them amnesty, we give them more voters, we give them more foreign nationals in the country, and they don't give us any more security. So I just think it's it's either woefully naive of Nikki here, or, or she's courting a position that is in favor of more migration. Now, I, I trust her on the second part. I think she's being sincere that she wants less illegal migration. Well, then you can't support this bill. Just it, absolutely crazy to support this bill. Now, Nikki is more inclined to intervene overseas, and Chuck Schumer wisely tied the the open borders parts of this bill to funding for the wars that they want to be fighting. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that Nikki, who's a little more hawkish than some of the other GOP, would be inclined to vote for that. But- the whole premise, I think, is just false. We don't need any new legislative solution. We need to enforce the old legislative solution, which the Democrats won't do, which proves that they're not going to enforce the new one either. What a what a joke. Now, as for Nikki's position here, I think it's politically very smart. I think it's really smart. I think it had the DeSantis campaign been wiser, they they would have recognized the fact that Nikki Haley recognized early on, which is there's only one other lane in this race. You got Trump and he's running in the Trump lane. So the only lane that the Trump opponent can run in is the anti-Trump lane. And to be in the anti-Trump lane, you're going to have to attract the support of the moderates, the centrists, the never-Trumpers, some Democrats who have become disillusioned, and Chamber of Commerce, the GOP establishment. That's it. You know, it's no no knock whatsoever on Nikki Haley. That's her lane and she's running in it. But I I don't see how that lane takes you the distance. It makes you a really strong, well, not even that really strong. It makes you the number two. It makes you very clearly the number two, but I don't think it takes you all the way to the nomination. What's amazing here is you've got the, the two GOP presidential candidates are on opposite sides of this bill. Trump actively calling senators to kill it. According to reports, Nikki Haley supporting it or supporting some version of it. And then you got RFK Jr., a Kennedy who was running as a Democrat, then he realized the Democrats were obviously going to cheat him. So now he's running as an independent, but he's he's a lifelong liberal. He just came out against the bill. Bobby Kennedy Jr. said, the new Senate bill is a disaster. We've already spent $113 billion on this proxy war in Ukraine, requesting an additional $60 billion when we have so many problems at home, including inflation and the border crisis is reckless. No more money for Ukraine until we have a secure border, a booming economy, and pay off some of our $34 trillion of debt. This is a consensus issue. America doesn't want to continue fighting this war in Ukraine. There's no strategic vision here. It's, it's unclear to most Americans what we get out of it. Most Americans are not all that gung-ho on the expansion of NATO. And it's not just because they're, you know, knee-jerk, rube-idiot isolationists or whatever we hear from the establishment. That's also the opinion of Henry Kissinger, of Daniel Patrick Moynihan, of George Zimmerman, who wrote the uh, Long Telegram, of—who uh, was the other one? Sam Nunn, of all these great cold warriors, okay? And uh, it, it's the opinion of most Americans too, even even Democrats, even people like Bobby Kennedy. Same thing goes for mass migration. Most Americans don't want more migration, okay? Most Americans certainly don't want more illegal immigration, but when you look into polling on even legal migration, most Americans think we have too much legal migration. When you, talk, when you actually get down to the, to the nitty-gritty of numbers, it's too much. We, we got too many people coming in, we got to cut it out. We don't assimilate them. That's how it goes. Now, we'll see, therefore, on this issue, who's going to win. It's not going to be who's going to win, the Republicans or the Democrats. It's going to be who will win, the people or the minority of political elites. And that, that question remains open. Now, speaking of critics of the medical establishment, such as Bobby Kennedy Jr., this is probably my favorite story of the whole day. HHS, not DHS, not the Homeland Security Department, but the Health and Human Services Department, was just asked to produce the evidence that it has that transgender-affirming care is helpful and important to the so-called transgender youth. A FOIA request was filed by Protect the Public's Trust, asking for records of scientific evidence, studies, and or data to support the Assistant Secretary of Health's claim that gender-affirming care is medically necessary, safe, and effective for trans and non-binary youth, as well as for records of surveys of medical professionals regarding the value and importance of gender-affirming care for minor children. This has been a major uh, policy initiative of the Biden administration. The Assistant Secretary of Health is a dude who thinks he's a woman himself, and they continue to talk about the importance, Biden and the rest of the administration, of of transing the kids. So, okay, very simple question. Show us the evidence. Show us on what scientific basis you are pushing to castrate little kids, uh, make them sterile, give them bone problems, shorten their lifespan. What's What's the basis for this? And you know what they produced? Two pages. One document comprising two pages that, by the way, was not a scientific study, was not a scientific survey, was a brochure. That's the best they can do. The, the PDF is called Gender Affirming Care and Young People. It's from the HHS website. It's not a study. And the brochure declares, quote, research demonstrates that gender affirming care improves the mental health and overall well-being of gender-diverse children. What do they base that on? Jack diddly squat, pretty much. The, the only citation given for this statement is a footnote to a single study that showed that trans-identifying youths were maybe possibly slightly less suicidal when they were being pumped full of the hormones and going under these treatments than they were before that. But only Slightly. Most of these youths who were receiving the so-called medically necessary gender affirming care, most of them, fifty-one percent, were suicidal while they were receiving the treatment. Compared to the the group, and we're talking about a relatively small group, the group that that wasn't receiving the treatment, sixty-two percent, were suicidal. That's it. You're gonna you're most likely to be suicidal either way. But uh, we we've got a two page brochure here. That cites one sort of scientific study. And anyway, that's why we're going to chop your genitals off, kitties. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? They've got nothing. Of course. Of course they've got nothing. When I was on the Whatever podcast in Santa Barbara last week, one of the gals on, on one of the shows I did asked me, she said, Michael, if you found out that the transgender therapy was beneficial to people, Would that change your view about the truth of transgenderism? Because I had made the claim that truth, beauty, and goodness are related. This is a concept known as the transcendentals of being. You know, we we seek after the good, the true, and the beautiful, and we believe that the good, the true, and the beautiful have something to do with one another. They're not just totally isolated from one another. And she said, so, Michael, what if you found out that the trans-affirming surgeries were beneficial? Would you then say that transgenderism is true, or would you say that goodness and truth have nothing to do with each other? And my response was, I'm pretty confident that the science will never show that this stuff is beneficial. She said, no, no, but Michael, it's a thought experiment. It's a hypothetical. I said, I know, and I appreciate your thought experiment and hypothetical, but you're asking me if if I found out that two plus two really equals 17, would that change my view of mathematics? Yeah, I guess it would, but I won't find that out. I'm quite confident I won't find that out because I'm quite confident that men can't really be women because I'm quite confident that the soul and the body can't be totally separated and distinct in this life because I'm pretty confident that on this basic question of human nature, what we have always thought is true and what a couple of new agey quacks perverts seem to think today is false. I'm confident. I'd be willing to bet a lot on that. And I would appear to be right because the federal government has gone out on a limb. They want to cut off a lot of limbs, but they've gone out on, on another limb in, in this case. And they have said, we, the federal government, totally support transing the kids because of all the medical literature. And we said to, to the medical scientific department of the federal government, we said, okay, give us your evidence. And they had pretty much nothing. If, the, if there were some evidence to have, they would have it and they would include it. But they don't because transgenderism is totally false. Uh, transing the kids is a horrible idea. Transgenderism is false. And that is why, for the good of society and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to that confusion, the entire transgender ideology must be eradicated from public life entirely. Now, speaking of things that are real and tangible, we got to turn to Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. 98, 98. Between election season coming later this year, North Korea testing missiles, and Iran increasing its aggression, there is a lot of global instability as we plunge into the new year. How do you protect your family in the midst of all this chaos? A great place to start is by protecting your savings. It's not too late to invest in gold with Birch Gold Group today. Unlike many other investments, gold is often viewed as a safe haven investment during turbulent times by providing a hedge against inflation and economic uncertainty. Birch Gold will help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. While diversification does not eliminate risk entirely, Birch Gold's experts can help you manage and reduce, providing a more resilient foundation for your financial well-being. I would encourage you to talk to one of their trusted experts today. Text Knowles, WLS, to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, strongly encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. Claim your free info kit and protect your savings with gold. Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. 98 98. My favorite comment yesterday is from the drummer's workshop, Norm's Music. Did I pick the Drummers Workshop Norms Music for my favorite comment yesterday as well. Is that two days in a row? Very impressive. Comment is remember Target. De Boys can't be de girls. He is for Black History Month. Uh, Target apparently confused W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington. De Boys can't be de girls. Do you get it? Do you get it? I get it. It's very funny. Now, speaking of medical experts. This, is, this has been a day, it's been a day of laughing and a day of weird sex stuff. And those two things are related. We can laugh or we can cry. I, I laugh at the Ice Spice song. I laugh at this article. I, I laughed. I'm laughing out loud right now. Ha ha ha. This is from NPR. Headline. I can't. <sighs> Headline. Masturbation abstinence is popular online. Doctors and therapists are worried. <laughs> men are not being total wankers all the time. Oh <laughs> Oh, that's no good. That's, they're not. Men are not being total weirdo, creep, demoralized losers. Uh, that's not good for us in the liberal establishment. Here are some highlights. A very, very long piece. NPR is very concerned that men are not committing a shameful and degrading action. Here's a highlight. Derek doesn't look at NoFap content anymore. NoFap is apparently a website that encourages men to not do gross, degrading things to themselves. Uh, And he feels comfortable with the amount of porn he watches. More recently, he got off his ADHD medication. He realized it had been causing his erectile dysfunction, not pornography. The pornography was totally fine. How dare you besmirch our exalted pornography. Now 24, he looks back at his time with these ideas and wishes he hadn't spent so much of high school stressed out about masturbation. You know, someday, according to NBR, according to the liberals, someday you're going to be on your deathbed. You're going to be looking into the eyes of your grandchildren. Well, you probably won't have grandchildren cuz you're a total sterile wanker. But if you did, you'd be thinking about your grandchildren and you'd be your potential grandchildren and you'd be looking back on your life and you'd say, "You know, if there's one thing I wish, it's that I had masturbated more. You know, I just if only ah all those years I spent, you know, reading books, working at soup kitchens, <laughs> spending time with my family. What a waste." <laughs> I could have been looking at porn and pleasuring myself. Oh, such regret that I feel. Uh, NPR goes on. I see many people in nofap spaces believe they're addicted to porn, but the word addiction means different things to different people. Okay, we live, <laughs> we live in a world where we, we deny the moral significance of all sorts of bad actions, right? Everything's an addiction now. Well, you can't blame me. I've I've got an addiction to this drug or to this alcohol or to this food or to I've got s- sex addiction or work addiction. Everything's an addiction. Every vice is pathologized. Except for looking at porn and doing weird sex stuff by yourself. That's not no. Well, hold on here. We need I think we need to be a little bit more specific here. There's no official porn addiction diagnosis in the United States, a condition called hypersexuality which included a subsection for pornography, was considered and rejected by the psychiatrists who compiled the influential diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders. There's no. no. Porn's great. The DSM, which in recent years has downplayed the fact that if you're a dude who thinks he's a chick, you're obviously a lunatic. The, The DSM, which of course always included that, Uh, has recently tried to downplay it a little bit. The DSM, which has taken out all sorts of other sexual uh, deviances in in recent years because uh, of political correctness. Now they're saying, no, no, porn, man, all these psychologists, they say porn's totally awesome. As an adult, unlearning much of what Derek took in from masturbation abstinence forums has been a long process, sometimes even bringing him to tears. He's not angry, but thinking back, he just wants kids like he was to be cautious about whom they trust. I could have been happy during that time rather than stressed out and anxious. Yeah, trust us. Trust us, the liberals, who are encouraging you to be a fat loaf to do a bunch of drugs, to watch porn all day long, and then to cut your genitals off the moment that the porn, the porn convinces you you're the opposite sex. That's Trust us. Trust us as kids. Hey, <laughs> come on out to the NPR van in the parking lot. We got cookies and puppies out there and a lot of porn too. Oh man, this is, the Babylon Bee could have written this article. It would have been indistinguishable from the actual article published on NPR. The main takeaway from which is they want you to be a wanker. They want you to be sterile. They don't want you to have kids. They don't want you to be productive. They don't want you to be virile at all. They don't want you to be in control of yourself. That's ultimately what it comes down to. They want you to be totally enslaved to your low passions, your appetites. They want you to be hooked on porn and drugs and everything else. They don't want you to be in possession of your rational will. Because then, if you are, they can't control you. And what they want to do is control you. That's the way it goes. Now, Tucker Carlson is in Moscow. That's kind of weird. There was some chatter about this. I didn't mention it on the show yesterday because it was still a little bit unclear. Tucker has now confirmed it. He flew to Moscow to interview Vladimir Putin.
1: We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. We want it to remain prosperous and free.
0: I can't wait to watch it. Tucker is already being preemptively criticized for the interview. Already, there are political cartoons about how he's a Putin puppet and a Putin stooge and and whatever. But I don't really see why we would preemptively attack him for, for even conducting the interview. Plenty of American journalists have interviewed Vladimir Putin. He's not the first one to do it. Megan Megyn Kelly interviewed Vladimir Putin. Barbara Walters interviewed Vladimir Putin. I don't, plenty of people have done it over the years. Now, in the past, the United States was trying to have some sort of rapprochement with Putin. They were, they were trying to encourage Putin to liberalize. They were—and I guess now we're not doing that. I guess now we're saying Putin is the worst guy ever, and they're calling him Hitler 2.0 and, and whatever. So— I understand why the liberal establishment doesn't want any more interviews with Vladimir Putin, but that's not good enough for me. The liberal establishment's wrong about a ton of stuff. So I just, I'm I'm not, I'm not going into the interview thinking Tucker did a great job or just as he says, I love Vladimir Putin or I don't know. I don't know if the interview is going to be good or bad. I don't have any particular sympathy for Vladimir Putin, but I do know that the liberal establishment lies to me all the time. So I'll keep an open mind. I'll be listening. Isn't it? Aren't the liberals the ones who always tell us, knowledge is power, man. Keep an open mind. Collect all the information. We can't suppress it. And But then the, the moment that you've got a, a major world leader who's been a world leader for 20 plus years now, we can't listen to him? Oh, it seems kind of crazy to me. Along with the federal government spying on a journalist's text messages and the current leader of the opposition's text messages, Donald Trump, and then trying to throw him in prison. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm sure Putin has done all sorts of terrible things, just like Xi Jinping has done all sorts of terrible things. But as our government becomes increasingly tyrannical and irrational, I'm certainly interested in hearing from non-official, non-liberal establishment-approved sources. All right, that's our show. There will not be a member segmentum here. I've got to run out very quickly. But there will be and all access today. So if you're not a member, go to Daily Wire Plus. Make sure you subscribe. I'll see you there. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show.